Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Battles, a strength and conditioning coach and the founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. The Practice Brave Podcast brings you the relatable, trustworthy, and transparent health and fitness information you're looking for when it comes to coaching, being coached, and transitioning through the variables of motherhood and womanhood. If you're a pregnant or postpartum athlete or a coach working with this population, this show is specifically designed for you. All right, let's get started. Welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today it is just me, and I decided to record an episode about having my second son, Chance. And this is a different kind of episode for me because it's very personal and it's reflecting on the decision to have another baby and how that's not always an easy decision for some people. And it's also going to, I'm also going to be talking about how I went about controlling what I could during this process, knowing that I was very fearful to become a mom again. I was fearful to be pregnant again. I was afraid of another horrible delivery, another hard postpartum experience, another hard mental adjustment and lifestyle adjustment to a child, and how I went about navigating that, including his gentle cesarean. And so while many of you may know what a gentle cesarean is, there's a lot of people that still don't. And I do try to share about this more so on Instagram because I think it's an option that should be more accessible to people. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my process of becoming a mom of two and what that looks like. When it was just Cade, when I just had one son, I remember looking for other people that were struggling to have another child, not from infertility, but more so from the choice and the commitment to move forward with having another baby. I just remember feeling like, God, it just, people are just getting pregnant like, and they have a one-year-old or they have a two-year-old, or it's just like growing their family doesn't seem like it's a big deal or like this big life decision. And for me, it was crippling. Like I really was very afraid of going through everything I had gone through prior with with Cade. And if you're not sure what that experience was like, go ahead and listen to, I believe it was episode one of this Practice Brave podcast. Um, I also talked about it a little bit with Kiana in episode three, but I really struggled after having Cade. And so the thought of having another child and another experience like that and what it would do to my brain, my body, my career, my lifestyle was just really overwhelming and daunting. And so how did we decide to have another child? And I want to start by saying this is a really privileged position to be in. You know, we recorded a podcast on miscarriage and this is that's not part of my story, but I know that that's part of a lot of people's stories and I want to extend empathy for that and I also want to own the privilege that that's not something that I have experienced. And this is my struggle, which was the choice of whether or not to have another child. So whether you choose to have a child, whether it's by choice of circumstance or not, I respect you. I respect that decision because I know none of this is easy. We all have our stories. So when Cade was about three, that was the first time that I thought maybe 
I could consider having a child, another child. Before he turned three, it was like a hell no. I felt like I was in survival mode the entire first year to year and a half of his life. I was rebuilding my own life from a career standpoint, from a mental health standpoint, and literally from a body physical standpoint too, with trying to figure out what was what my body had been through and what that meant for me as an athlete with my body image. So many pieces of my life had sort of been uprooted and I had to learn how to put the pieces together again in this new version of myself as a woman, as a mom, as a coach, and who I wanted to be in that process. And so that was a significant rebuilding process of me and coming into my own and not being what I thought I was going to be, but becoming who I actually was and who I wanted to be. And really just sort of learning to embrace what my new reality was and what I wanted that to look like. So it was this huge becoming process for me. And it wasn't until he was three that I could even consider having another child because before that it was a hell no, I'm still recovering. I'm still, I'm like building, I'm coming into my own again. So it was a hard no before that. And I had made peace with knowing that it was okay if we just had him. So uh, when he was three, I had a lot of conversations with my husband, Jared, and we actually went on vacation together and had, so this was in probably May and talking about what we wanted this next year to look like. And we decided that we would probably try to have another child, but I wanted to time it with an event that I was speaking at. And so we knew that it was on the horizon, but it was something that it felt like a really brave decision to even have that conversation, to even consider it. And to also talk about the details of, okay, if we do try to have a baby, this is what I'm going to need from you as a partner, as my teammate, as the father to Cade, but also as a supporter to me through this process. These are some non-negotiables. And so obviously that looks different for everybody, but I knew that I was going to need him in a, a different way than what I needed him with Cade. With Cade, I was just so excited the whole time. I was so excited to be pregnant and, and have this baby. And with deciding to get pregnant a second time, I knew that I would need a lot of support and a lot of patience. I would need a lot of encouragement because it was, I knew I would be very anxious through my pregnancy and also felt a responsibility from what I do as a coach and online to share it authentically. And I wanted him to be able to support me behind the scenes through entering like this really vulnerable chapter, which is hard for me. (laughs) It's hard. It's actually really hard for me to be vulnerable. So this episode is actually going to be a big challenge to record. So we had a significant conversation in May and by November, I was pregnant and I knew right away that I was pregnant because I had a dream about milk coming out of my boobs and I felt like I needed to nurse. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't felt that in quite a few years. So I knew right away that I was pregnant. And when we told our families on Christmas morning, they were shocked, like beyond shocked because they they knew that it wasn't something that they were necessarily expecting. They knew it was such a big deal. They knew it was going to be a really significant experience for us. And so it was, that was the first time that I felt 
the joy of being pregnant because I saw how much love and excitement there was for this baby. And I was excited too, but it was also filled with a lot of nervousness for what this would be like and the amount of changes that were going to be on the horizon. And I just have a hard time with change. <laughs> it just not, does not come. I'm not a go with the flow person typically. And I really have to work hard at that. So we found out, told the families, and then it became this effort of, I know there's not a lot that I can actually control through this pregnancy. Can't control how I'm going to carry this baby, what I'm going to look like, how it's going to affect my diastasis, how it's going to affect my training, how it's going to affect my mental health, but I will do everything I can to support myself in the ways that I know I'm going to need support. So I started going to therapy and I just needed to talk things out with somebody who was not related to me and who was not just a girlfriend, right? And then I talked to my doctor who's become a good friend and colleague over the years. And her name is Dr. Lena Nathan. And I just told her like, I'm afraid I'm, I cannot go through what I went through before with Kate's delivery. And I want to do whatever I can in this process to have a different experience. And we discussed that in depth. And I came to the decision that I did not personally want to have a VBAC and that's a vaginal birth after cesarean. That just did not feel like the right choice for me. I wanted without going too far off on a tangent. For me, it made the most sense in my body and my mental health to have the baby come out the same way both times instead of a prior C-section and then a vaginal birth. That's almost like two areas that are open for vulnerabilities. And I just wanted to keep it to the one area, my C-section. So I decided pretty confidently to have a C-section. Now, after Cade's birth, I was like, no, I have to like redeem this experience and have a VBAC. And to summarize that whole um, revolution that I had to come to for myself only, again, this is not projecting on what I think anybody else should do. It was just deciding that it wasn't about how the baby came out. It was how I felt in that experience, how I felt in that moment. Was I afraid? Was I going to be scared or traumatized? Like, no, I, I did not want that. <laughs> and, it, and if we focus on more of the experience versus the birth method, I think we can change a lot of the stigma and fear that is associated with birth in general. So for me, I knew that I wanted to try and control the experience as much as I possibly could. So in my conversations with uh, Dr. Nathan, she was like, you know what, Brie? why don't I put you in contact with the head of labor and delivery at our local hospital? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Because I had presented to her my wish to have a gentle cesarean. And if you don't know what that is, it's using a clear drape or dropping a drape so that you can see the baby. And you can't really see over your stomach, especially when you have huge children like me. But I was able to see him get pulled out, which is great, again, for me. So you can have a clear drape, can have skin to skin in the OR, you can nurse, they can check the baby's vitals on you in that environment. So you're simulating as much of a vaginal birth experience, but in an operating room. And for me, again, it, it wasn't about how the baby came out. It was how I felt in that particular environment. The room didn't matter, but it was how I felt in that moment that mattered. And that was a huge mental shift that I needed to make in terms of understanding what birth meant for me. 
And the second time it looked a lot different than what my thoughts, I guess, were when I was pregnant the first time as it related to birth method. So it was something that I really wanted. I wanted that gentle cesarean experience since I was choosing to plan that. And she put me in contact with the head of labor and delivery at our hospital and said, I want you to talk to them. I want you to share this information with them about what a gentle C-section is. And if that's something that we can make happen because it had not been done prior at our, at our hospital. And so, (laughs) because I have absolutely zero chill, especially when I'm fired up about something, I went to the hospital, scheduled that appointment, and I met with a woman named Alma, and she was wonderful. I guess I never knew how much healing I still needed to do until I had a conversation with her. She sat, she brought me through the hospital, and that was really hard. It was hard to walk through the halls that I had, like, I remember laboring in uh, with Cade, and just walking down into her office and sitting down. And it just, it was absolutely a very weird experience to be back there in that exact environment. This time pregnant with, I think it was probably close to halfway through my pregnancy at this point in time. So I talked with her and how she spoke was something I'll never forget. It was a great coaching moment for me because she, she just let me speak. She wanted to know what my experience was and she truly held space for that. She listened and she wanted to know what I was afraid of. She asked me like, tell me about Kate's birth. Tell me about what was hard. Tell me about what was good. Tell me like the good, the bad and the ugly. Like she wanted to know. And then she held my hand and she said, I will do whatever I can to make sure nothing like that happens again for you. She just expressed so much empathy that I feel like I could like even cry right now just because it's such a, um, moms want to be seen, especially in that vulnerable environment where there's just so many things that are outside of your control. You want to feel like you have someone who sees you and who will hold space and who will make shit happen for you. And I knew in that moment, like this woman is on my team. And so when I presented all the information about a gentle cesarean and the research, like actual research, was done in other hospitals in other countries. She said, "Like we're going to make this happen for you. We will make this happen." And she ordered the clear drape. She started talking with the NICU team. She started talking with all the different nurses in the hospital, sort of prepping them for this birth that would be happening months from now. And so to fast forward, I just felt really assured knowing that she was on my side. And she was, she was making things happen in the hospital. And my doctor, I knew would be there with me on delivery day, making sure that I had the team that I, that I needed in order to feel trust and surrender and support in that process. Because again, it was the environment that mattered, not how my baby was going to come out. So Chance was born on August 5th, 2017. He will be three this week. And I went into the hospital early in the morning and I had my doctor come in and she started introducing me slowly to the people that were going to be in the room with me. She introduced me to the anesthesiologist, to the nurses that were going to be in there and to the NICU nurses who would be in there just to, just to make sure that chance was okay when he came out. And we knew that if everything went well and if me and my baby were healthy and there was no signs of distress in either of us that we could get this. Like we could do this gentle cesarean 
for the no problem, you know, like, and so knowing that, Hey, we're controlling what we can. And I trust these people because they're listening to me and they respect me. And I know that I'm in good hands here. That was everything that I needed in that moment in time. Yeah, this is, this is just so I haven't told this story in a while. So thank you guys for just bearing with me as I kind of, I'm just, I'm freestyling here and it's, it's a lot. So we went into the operating room. I had Jared with me and I had my mom in there. And so my mom was able to take some pictures of Chance being born. We played music. And when I was given the shot in my back to numb me and the nurse, she just held me and she's like, you have a big baby in there. (laughs) I'm like, I know. And I found out later she was a mom of eight and just the kindest woman. And I was so nervous that I just, I just started crying and not because I was sad. I don't know. I just, as I was getting the shot, she just pulled me into her chest and just hugged me and held me and told me I was going to be great. And that I was about to meet my baby. And she just, she literally just hugged me. I'm like not even a hugger. And I just cried. I just remember like crying into her chest, like a, like a real she was just mothering me in that moment where I was getting prepped for surgery. And that love just felt so affirming. And in otherwise, like, you know, I was just really nervous going into all of this. I knew my life was about to change forever. And I knew this was also the last time that I would be giving birth. And so it was just such a heavy moment in my life as a woman in my motherhood experience. And I knew that I was going to learn a lot from that day. And I'm so grateful that I get to tell this story now from a really positive perspective because I like Cade's birth was so different in how I am able to tell that story now because there's so much, it's just a different perspective, right? So it really felt like this full circle moment being back in the environment that had originally really traumatized me, yet here I was about four years later and I felt so loved. And I felt so supported and I felt very seen and I knew that I was just in really good hands. So when I was put onto the table, the anesthesiologist was joking. We put on some music. Jared was there talking to me the whole time. And my doctor walked in and we were, we were like ready to go. And what I loved the most, and this is probably like my, the coach part of my soul coming out is I was like, I want to play by play. I want you to tell me everything that's happening. And so then she, you know, this is probably going to grow some people out, but like she told me like, okay, we're now starting, starting the incision. We're doing this, we're doing that. And then she said, she told the anesthesiologist, okay, I want you to boost her up. We're about to pull him out. And so they dropped the drape for me, which is my request if possible and sat me up a bit. So I wasn't totally flat on my back. I was, they had quite a few pillows underneath my back and my head and I was being supported there from behind And I got to watch Chance get pulled out. I'm like using my hands as if you guys can see me right now. But I got to see Chance get pulled out of me and just brought straight to me. And that is something that I would have given anything to have experienced with Cade. I wanted that so bad. I didn't know how bad I wanted that moment until I got it with Chance. I could feel him and I could hold him and he just, you know, hear him cry and bring him to my chest and just feel him like just sink into me and become part of my body. Like it was the, it was such an amazing experience and something that like, I know I mourned that. 
I mourned not having that with Cade. And I was so thankful that I got to experience it with Chance. And I just kept him on me and I got to nurse. And I got to have this moment of seeing my baby, touching him, holding him, feeling all of it, literally, and just folding into my body. And it was such an amazing experience. I was able to nurse him there. Uh, nurse Peggy, the one who just like held me and hugged me before she, she just grabbed my boob and helped me like helped chance latch on. <laughs> and again, you just like, it felt so good to be mothered when I was also trying to mother in that experience. And then they were able to you know do all of his Apgar test on him and just do his vitals while he was still on me. And then they asked my permission to then, okay, can we take him away? We're going to, you know, cut the cord now. So Jared was able to cut his cord and like weigh him, my giant 10 pound babies. (laughs) So, and then they put him back on me after that. And then I got wheeled into recovery and I could have my baby with me the whole time. And with Kate, I didn't get any of that. I was just begging for my baby. I wanted to see him and it just, it was all so stressful before that to have things actually go as planned and go well just felt like such a blessing. And I am so grateful. Like I will never stop being grateful for that birth experience and for the people that worked with me to make it happen because it's, I'm not special. Like that, none of this happened because I am special. It happened because I was very persistent with my requests and I was very specific with what I really wanted to happen. And I knew that Jared was going to be a supporter and could help communicate all of that. And because I trusted my doctor a lot, there's a lot of privilege there, but I also want to acknowledge that there was no like special treatment per se. It was just a lot of persistence with my doctor advocating for me and with me and really working to make this happen. And I'm so grateful it happened because I still get messages almost three years later where people are saying, I read about you having a gentle cesarean. And I also was able to have one both locally at the hospital I had it at and around the world. I get these messages because there's just not as much attention on it as there should be. It's either like vaginal birth or, you know, a C-section kind of in a very sterile and strict feeling environment. And I like to introduce that there is another way. (laughs) And however your baby comes out, I mean, there's so many things that we just can't control, but for the things that we can control, this, this was a really good example of that for me and my birth experience. So if you find yourself maybe in a similar position or you're, you know, you feel very fearful of a C-section Asking about a gentle C-section, either by choice or circumstance, can be a really empowering choice for you, if that's something that sounds appealing. It made a a world of difference in how I felt in that moment, and my recovery was actually really good. And And I think it's because I had gone in with such a... I had controlled what I could, and I had truly tried to surrender to everything else and just put my trust in the places that I could. And there, it was not a guarantee, but it was an effort of, of really just trying to adapt my entire mindset around birth and what constituted a good experience or a good birth. And I knew what I wanted for my given circumstance. And, and I really feel like I got this full circle moment where an environment that had previously really traumatized me, I felt completely healed in. 
And like, that is a, that was a pivotal moment in my becoming as a mother. And I also want to say that not everybody gets that like full circle, like healing moment. And I think we, we hear that a lot in terms of like a VBAC. And I just want to say this for whoever, whoever hears this podcast, because I do, I talk to so many different people. I hear about their births and I want to say that your birth is a very important, the births of your children are very important days in your life, but it is one day and it is one experience and you're going to have a lifetime of days and experiences. So whether it was good or horrible, that one event does not define how good of a motherhood experience you're going to have. Like Cade has changed my life in every single way that I never knew. I, I didn't realize I, I needed. And in the best way, he is the greatest blessing. And I'm so grateful that he opened my eyes to all of this. I can tell you right now, I would not be recording this podcast or working in this capacity at all if I had not had Cade in the manner in which I had him in, because he is what opened my eyes to all things that I needed to really better understand if I was coaching women and if I was trying to really understand pregnancy, postpartum, recovery, and performance. It's because of that child and my experience with him. So none of this goes to waste. We have a lifetime of ways to embrace our motherhood and to feel powerful and to feel validated and to experience a really beautiful becoming raising our children and them raising us into mothers. And so I just, I just want you to hear that no matter how your baby comes out, no matter what your experience is, it's an important experience, but we really, we have a lifetime of important validating experiences ahead. And I just really want to, I want you to hear that. And I, I've had to tell myself that as well, especially after my first birth. So now the decision to become a mom came to fruition. I had these two babies and you know I was afraid initially with thinking like I had fallen in love with Kate in such a special way. He had changed me so much and I felt like him and I were were raising each other. You know, he was my first baby. He rocked every part of my world and how, and now I'm having another little boy. Like what? I can't handle another Kate and how could it possibly be different? And I'm telling you the second that baby I saw him, I was like, whoa, he is so different than what Cade looked like and temperament, just everything was so different. And I was just afraid before that it was just going to be so much of the same. And it was almost like the universe, God, whatever you believe was like, nope, nope. You have a totally different child because no two babies are you know, exactly alike. No two experiences are exactly alike. And it allowed me to expand my heart. You don't think that it can because you're like, how could I love anyone more than my baby? But with every child that you have, I really believe that, you know, our capacity to love is endless. And I knew I was afraid of not like being able to fall in love with him right away, but I did. And I'm so thankful for that because everything else prior had been, I just felt like I had to fight for was such a struggle. And this just seemed to come so much more easily. And there, there's a lot of guilt there too, right? Like, and that's, that's something that I think is hard for a lot of us to admit. What really felt like a big moment in my motherhood and this becoming, deciding to, you know, have a family of four now was when I got to see Cade meet Chance. And, you know, they're, they're four years apart. So 
it was a, for us, it was the perfect age gap. It could not have happened any earlier for my mental and physical readiness, but seeing my two babies meet and how much Kate at that age, just, he fully understood. He was so excited. He was just, he was ready and genuinely just so kind and so sweet and so sensitive. And he's like my little like fireball of a child. Like he's this wild thing, but to see him just shift into a nurturing, gentle mode was, God, it's like one of my favorite memories. And I'm so grateful that I got to see their brotherhood evolve and just transpire into something that's really, you know, to this day, raising boys is, it's fun. <laughs> like, And I never, that's a whole other conversation for another day. Cause I definitely thought I would always have a daughter, but I am so grateful that I get to raise boys. And I feel like I've really found like that's the right fit for me as a mom, for me as a woman. It, I am surrounded by boys and that actually feels right, ironically, considering what I do, right? <laughs> um, but I feel like I'm the perfect woman to be raising little boys and I'm, I'm really proud of that. And it's we have a lot of fun and a lot of energy and being able to see these boys together, it's affirmed in my heart because there was so much fear about what this process would look like. There was so much fear, you know, and anxiety about would I be able to be a good mom? Would I be able to recover? What would all of this actually mean and look like? And not everything has been, was, or is perfect, right? Like it's definitely a challenge balancing his kids, but Chance was absolutely a different personality and a different baby than Kate, but way easier, <laughs> And there was a lot of things that I did to try to feel supported in that chapter, but I also struggled a lot too at postpartum. There was a lot of changes in my family, some things that were just unexpected that that was really hard, but my baby wasn't one of them. And that's what felt so affirming during that time was like, okay, well, there might be a lot of other crap happening in my life, but you know what? This baby, like, he's like not the problem, right? And and I I can adapt and fix the other things, but I'm so glad that it wasn't my baby because I didn't want to feel like I was going to have to struggle again with acclimating to the baby. And so with my recovery postpartum, it was a lot of focus on going to therapy just to check in. I actually felt pretty good for the most part but I was thankful that I was proactive and able to go to a therapist this time without shame. And we had made sure that we could financially pull that off as well. That was a part, a huge part of our deciding process was knowing like we needed to make sure that I could have the support that I needed and financially make that happen. And then I think just surrounding myself with a quality online community too, so that I had the support that I needed. I also was able to tap into a lot of creativity. I started writing a lot more and it actually, it all helped my business because I was in it with you. I still am just in like a little bit of a different way. Now it's more of like looking back, whereas then I was just in it and I was able to share authentically in the moment, some things from, you know, breastfeeding to, to my training, to my diastasis and Look, like there was definitely challenges and whatnot, but doing it with more perspective and a lot more grace made a significant difference because I had the confidence the second time around. I wouldn't feel so blindsided by all things motherhood. I was a different mom than I was the first time. There's more wisdom, there's more grace, there's more acceptance, there's more flexibility. And all of that was just like I had grown up. I was a little bit more mature than I was four years prior 
you know, where you're just like, Oh my God, having to like really acclimate quickly. Whereas this was like, okay, I'm acclimating for sure. But I also understand who I am as a mom a little bit more. So I had a lot more grace around breastfeeding and what I would need to do in order to feel successful there instead of being like hell bent on breastfeeding and very regimented and pumping and doing all of this stuff and making myself crazy. I was like, you know what, if we need to give him some formula in the middle of the night so that I can sleep and not be crazy. um, Yeah, let's do that because I don't want to sacrifice my mental health and my happiness with my baby over breast milk. And again, that was my personal choice for that second time around. And it really made a significant difference when we started doing that a little bit later on. So it was just figuring out what was a priority to me and not trying to do it this right or best way, but in a way that was right and best for me, for my baby and for our family dynamic. And that's the maturity that I feel like comes with, with every child, right? I guess I just want to tell you whether you decide to have another child or not, your experience will be different because you're different. You're coming into it from a different space. You're coming into it with new knowledge you're coming into it with a greater perspective. And there's, again, there's no best best way or right way to have a family. I just wanted to share a little bit of perspective about what that process looked like for me. And there's a lot of, you know, like a lot of like pregnancy and postpartum related details that I can, you know, maybe touch on another episode or I've probably already posted about, but I just really wanted to take you through that process of things of deciding to grow your family. And it's not always an easy decision and it's okay if it's not an easy decision and stepping into your birth process in a way that feels genuine to your own needs, not what you thought you should do or originally wanted or what your mom told you that you should do or whoever else, right? Like it's finding your own voice and your own needs and your own experiences and finding those who can support you in that unique process that is so individual. Find your team. And if you need support, I am here. I might not know the answer, but I promise you, I know the person who does. So if you need support and navigating your pregnancy, your mental health, and and trying to figure out if having another baby is right for you, or you're struggling in any capacity postpartum, anything, your fitness. Like I want to support you because I know the value of having a team and feeling seen and understood and supported and advocated for. It is exhausting to advocate for yourself, but when you have someone who's in it with you, it makes it so much easier to trust yourself and to navigate some uncharted territories. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, (laughs) I know I kind of like just went off there, but I appreciate you holding space and hearing this story with me. And if it resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you're a pregnant athlete and you're looking for information about how to train through your pregnancy, what adjustments to make, things like that, I want to tell you about two resources that I have. The first one is a free download. You can access it on my website and it goes over how to adjust your exercise through pregnancy. Just like the basics, the things that you need to know that you can implement right away. If you just want a program that's done for you that you can trust and know that it was already designed to take into account the changes that your body is experiencing during pregnancy, where it respects the demands on your core and pelvic floor, but also the kind of fitness that you want to do, 
I created a program with my friend and colleague, Heather Osby, called the Pregnant Athlete Training Program. We also have an at-home version of that if equipment is something that uh, you don't have a whole lot of access to. So those are two resources that I highly recommend every pregnant athlete looking at and using as a way to give you the confidence and guidance that you need to navigate this chapter well, because your pregnancy can really help set you up for your postpartum.